Hello, it's Christmas and welcome to Talking Flutes with me, Claire Southworth, and of course, my yeah. partner in crime. The old Paul geezer. Wright. Hello. Hello, John Paul Wright. That was that was a bit gorgeous, that from Barry Griffiths. It, it was wonderful. Get, uh, get us into the, uh, the the seasonal spirit. It so, was. It was We Wish You a Merry Christmas, my lady. <laughs> from our Christmas Jazz Suite by Bill Holcomb, played by Barry Griffiths. That's hurting my voice. I love Bill Holcomb's music. It's fantastic. His arrangements are brilliant. So, Christmas Eve once again. Yes. And that rare once-a-year event, the Christmas podcast. So, for our listeners, it's time to sit back, turn down the lights, open the wine, have a cup of tea, make a cup of coffee. John Paul, would you like some coffee? Oh, I'll have a coffee, my I'll lady. Coffee. That well, means I'm going to have to talk for a few moments, doesn't it? It does. You get chatting. Do I talk like this? Do I talk with my voice like that or a chimney sweep? Or do I talk sort of enunciating my vowels? <laughs> so, yeah, this week we have the lovely guy Barry Griffiths has sent me a few of his Christmas arrangements for sort of flute choir type music for, from the Christmas Jazz Suite by Bill Holcomb. So we're, we're going to sort of interlink this during the podcast, I think, Claire. And Claire is busy making the coffee. And Pete, the dogs are being very well behaved. And Pete seems to be very thirsty. So if you can hear someone in the background, that's Pete licking. And I do have to apologise because I've been told off by a number of listeners by saying that people should stop listening to this podcast because we don't want to make them anymore. And I, of course, I'm only joking, everybody. We're on two hundred. We're not far from two hundred and fifty, Claire. So I think we'll have to have a giveaway at two fifty, won't we? That'd be great. Let's do that. <laughs> I was thinking that it's worth recognising that not everyone celebrates Christmas. Yes. There yes. are many other occasions, festivities, and reflections in other cultures like Hanukkah, Diwali, Lunar New Year, plus Christmas and the New Year, and. Because of this time of year, I'd like to think about music that feels like a celebration or music that you could gift to people. What do you mm. think? Yeah, gifting music. Now, that is, I think from the last last few years, from sort of COVID through that, that the C word period, those two years that we lost, and obviously the world's going through a really awful time now with the economies of the world and obviously the war in Ukraine, Music has never been as meaningful mm. as it has been in the last f- sort of four years, with the exception of during the war, the Second World War, because, okay, I'm not the war generation, thank goodness. I'm old, but I'm not that generation. But when you play the old wartime songs, people know them. So there was a... Sig- you know, music was important during downtime, wasn't there? Mm. And as well as in joyful times where we sing happy birthday or we sing Christmas carols or you sing festive carols or it, music is sort of inherent in our lives. And I t- totally agree with you. Give a piece of music. How lovely. And now, because you've mentioned the Second World War, let's have a little clip of Martineau's first sonata because he wrote that to celebrate the end of the Second World War. He was on holiday in Connecticut, I think's where he was. And he'd heard the war had ended and he wrote, wrote the flute sonata in record time. Wow. So let's hear a few bars of the opening of that.
Cool. That was gorgeous, wasn't it? So that was me with Tim Carey. Oh, Tim Carey. Cracky. And a little bit of celebratory music. Now, other what about happy pieces? I mean, there are so many Bach or Handel sonatas that are so happy. Or there are more reflective pieces that have got a joyous, like Gobert Madrigal, Fauré Sicilienne, a Demar Sonata en Concert. There are so many joyful pieces out there. And if you need a little bit of a pep talk, go and have a listen to some lovely, joyous music to, to give you a little lift, especially at the you know this time of getting rid of the old year and renewal and uh, reflection. Did you have to play in front of relatives when you were younger? Yes. Were you forced to? Yes. Gosh. I didn't like it. No. That was not the old... You have to play in front of Nan and Grandad. Yes, exactly. And they didn't care what you mean. You could have played the wrong notes. You could have squeaked and <laughs> burped and all these other things. Did. <laughs> <laughs> and they would have loved it. But, yeah, the festive period... Is it's very different, isn't it, over here in the UK and Europe compared to the US? I spent a couple of years ago, I spent Christmas in LA with my family, and everything was open on Christmas Eve. Christmas Day, there was quite a few things open, and then they went back to normal because hmm. we have this weird day after Christmas Day called Boxing Day, <laughs> and again, it's a bank holiday, but I've never really understood where Boxing Days come from. But we have this elongated period, don't we? Which we do. normally means businesses shut from Christmas Eve, uh, if it's during the week, and or if it's if Christmas falls over weekend on the Friday, and they don't normally come back until after New Year's Day. We still have the old shop open here on Christmas Day. Yeah, and they're important, aren't they? Because mm. if you're like me and are in charge of the Christmas shopping, there is always something that I forget. But I think also the sort of uh, uh, sort of these urban areas, like I'm, I mean, I'm a very busy busy area, Brighton and Hove in in the UK. They're they're catering for all people's beliefs. They they're catering for everybody. So you can always go and get something every day of the holiday period. You can, and yes, it is a Christmas festival. But what's always surprised me is when you go around the world at this moment in time, you will see a Christmas tree. Or you'll see Father Christmas, Santa Claus, in countries that aren't Christian-based. Mm. And I just think there's this sort of one time where sort of everybody recognises something. People come together for, you know, it's sort of like party season, which is fun, whether it just be with a few of you or a big crowd. And it's maybe even more so then for, for New Year as well. I never used to like New Year. I used to sort of go to bed early and try and forget about it. Ditto. But I think it's a really good time for reflection and maybe have a think about what have you achieved during the last year mm-hmm. and what would you like, what, what could you have done better and what would you like to achieve in the next year? So goals for 2023, but realistic ones, not just big ideas, but small achievable goals so uh, learning a new piece, improvising on a more regular basis, making notes after lessons, listening to new flute pieces, going and listening to a string player or a singer or another instrumentalist other than flute, and maybe make a list of your goals and then hide it away. 
and then get it out on New Year's Eve. <laughs> the following year, year yeah. And, and see. And you're never too old to do this, are you? Have I told you the story of my great great? I think it was great great grandma when she was a hundred. I think yeah. I have. And my mum said, "Go and ask your great grandma if she had any words of advice for me." I was only young, and she said. If I had known when I was 90 that I had another 10 years to go, I would have done so many more things. Actually, if I had known when I was 80... No. <laughs> if I had known when I was 50 that I had my life again, <laughs> I would have done so many more things. I would have taken more advantage of opportunities that came my way. And that's the point, isn't it? It's Christmas. It is a time for for many people celebration i do understand that for some it is not a comfortable time but it is a time for reflecting on the past year on the the good things and if the sad things have happened to you reflecting on the sad times but also knowing that it's never too late to take advantage of an opportunity to plan as you said and realistic goals. I think we, we did a podcast on that. And realism is so, so important when you're planning. And the Christmas period, it's quite easy, to actually, to be unrealistic because you're, you're, you're sort of thrown into this beautiful Father Christmassy ho, ho, ho period. Yeah, well, here in, here in the UK, we are, absolutely. But I think maybe the bigger... The bigger um, time is the end of year for people yes. i think that's when we all can we can all relate to the end of the year and the beginning of the new but i struggle with that though claire because i used to make my my list on new year's eve and say right tomorrow i'm going to be doing this i'm going to set these goals but the problem is i, I hadn't actually thought about it properly i hadn't thought about it in mm. advance and mm. tweaked my list yeah so it's good to, to think sort of right now and also I always felt it was good to have a mantra. I've had a new mantra over the last few years. Um, um, my son Joe gave it to me. And he said, there are no problems, only solutions. Mm. And that, that's really good because you, it turns your mindset into a positive mindset. So you turn negatives into positives. So at this time of year, a lot of flute players who've maybe been auditioning for colleges... Mm will have had either good news or bad news, or no news. And if you don't get into your first choice college or university, you have to say to yourself, well, it wasn't meant to be, time's not right. You can achieve no matter where you study. It's up to the individual and not really anybody else. So you have to have a positive mindset, not a negative mindset. So if you've had not such good news about further education or anything else, get rid of the problem, find a solution to it. So you're going to work that extra bit harder. You're going to look for more opportunities. You're going to send more emails to people who might be able to open doors for you. You might find yourself a teacher if you haven't got a teacher. Maybe change a teacher if you're not happy with the teacher you've got. Mm -hmm. There are all sorts of things you can do, but it's good to have a sort of a, a positive mantra to, to start your new year. And did you used to practice over Christmas? Uh, when I was at college, yes, I did. Oh, so I've just got to let the dog out now. You have got to let <laughs> the dog out. <laughs> oh, no, she's decided not. <laughs> and I say, should we, should we listen to another wonderful little piece by Barry? Yes, let's do. And uh, this, for many people, this is a favourite. It is Silent Night. 
Of course, I find it very hard to be silent, as you know, but Silent Night from a Christmas Jazz Suite by Bill Holcomb, played <coughs> by Barry... Yes, okay, Claire's just going to let you out, by Barry Griffiths. That was really sweet. So do the dogs get anything for Christmas? Do you wrap them up presents? Oh, yes, they get Christmas stockings. <laughs> oh, actually, because we've, got, we've now got three dogs, it's basically one huge Christmas stocking. And do you let them go mad on everything? No, no. We, we, they get all excited because it's a present that's wrapped up, and we unwrap it, and then we give them a treat. Are they more interested in the wrapping paper than the...? Um, mostly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But actually, you know, retrievers are very food orientated, so ah, they like their treats. Stockings. You obviously don't put them under the tree, do you? No, no, they'd be eaten. <laughs> we have to be very careful because our new our new dog Louie, he likes to chew things. He's he's got through so many things, uh, different pairs of shoes, boots, slippers, remote controls, books. <laughs> uh, for any food left out on the side, he'll eat. So we have to be quite careful. Christmas is a time of plenty. Uh, Bing Crosby. What are you all about? I haven't the, fo- <laughs> the foggiest, but I'm going to keep this in. My brain's gone. I'm at that age again. Oh, gosh, 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 gosh. Bing Crosby, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. <laughs> yeah, but you'll be dreaming forever because we never have a white Christmas in the UK. No, we don't, do well, we? Well, not in England, anyway. We haven't had a white Christmas for years. Have we ever? Have we ever had a white Christmas? I don't think we have. Haven't we? No. Gosh. No, it doesn't happen. Well, we have a wet Christmas. <laughs> Should be I'm dreaming of a wet Christmas. Maybe I'm dreaming of a dry Christmas. <laughs> you got all the folks coming over. Um, we've got various people coming over, yes. Um, so it's not quite as busy as our normal Christmas. Plenty of entertaining. Yeah. And you? Everybody. I think my son is working in the hospital on Christmas Day, but that aside, yes. And then it's just an argument on who's going to cook and who isn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm normally told to keep out the kitchen, but I'm an interfering person. Oh, I love cooking. I do all the cooking. Um, I get lots of help, but, you know, I cook cook every day anyway. We always have something different, and Christmas is just uh, an excuse to do a lot more cooking, baking. Eating. Yes. Yeah, do you think we, we really should be eating as much as this one sort of one period... Well, we stretch it out, of course. Well, you do, because you start your jigsaw on Boxing Day. But when you do your Christmas shop, I don't know where in the world you're listening to this, but when you do your one's Christmas shop in over here in the UK, we tend to go out and buy so much stuff 
for one day of the year. Yeah, it gets ridiculous. It's getting silly, isn't but it? But I think that these days that I think we were saying earlier on that you know a lot of the shops are open over the Christmas period, that you really only need to shop for the day that you're you're cooking on. Yeah. You don't need to sort of overdo it. Although I must say, Rolf, who's Dutch, he does like all the the continental delicacies um. of biscuits and cakes and he goes to the uh, to the supermarket to buy all the continental things and he's got a cupboard that he fills <laughs> full of goodies rolf's cupboard rolf's goodie cupboard yeah and I, I don't really like a lot of them things like um stollen and ginger biscuits and all sorts of treats that he remembers from his time on the continent do you open your presents a day early on christmas eve no. like no. many do no christmas day Okay, my, my kids, my eldest one is nearly 30 and he still demands a stocking, which drives me absolutely potty. And my twins are 26 and they demand stockings. But they'll only open one present at a time and we all have to watch. And this goes I on think that's, for... that's important. Oh, no. It goes on for how long? Oh, hours. Yeah, we do the same thing. What, oh, my, really? My children are also 30 and 26, like yours. Yeah. And everybody has a stocking. Yeah. So we open our stockings on the bed in the morning. Yeah. They're all there. Yeah. All open their stockings, including the dogs. Yeah. They come we downstairs. get up, yeah. we take the dogs for a walk, we have breakfast, and then we open champagne and yeah. we sit round the tree and we open one at a time. I thought I was I was the odd one out. I thought that I was the only person that was being bamboozled by this time wasting procedure. It's not time wasting, it's lovely to be amongst your family and enjoying the moment you're not going to make me feel guilty on that one at all oh, it just goes on for hours and hours and they have to open it and they open it really slowly and they try to keep the wrapping paper well yes but at least it's better than i've got other friends who they have all the family around and they hide all the presents and sometimes they don't find the presents for days and days <laughs> after christmas i don't think i could bear that hiding presents oh. so do you have to give rolf a list for you I should, but I don't tend to. I was trying to tell Jane that I actually don't want anything this year. Okay. I'm one of those geezers that, if you want something, we'll go and buy it. So I'm a nightmare to buy from. If someone can make me a, a jar of pickled onions, yeah, I would love that. A jar of pickled onions? jar of pickled onions, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that, for me, a jar of pickled onions is I the best Jane's present. listening. Because that's a hell of a lot cheaper than... It is. <laughs> a lot of things you have to buy. <laughs> So I, I, love, I love Christmas, but I don't love Christmas. Mm. And when I was younger, I used to get paranoid about practicing or not practicing. And if I didn't practice, I used to think that other people had been practicing over the Christmas period. So I'd be behind them. And all the things that you think when you're younger, that the reality is not. No. And we've said before on previous podcasts, you know, that it's important to give yourself permission to have time off. Because if you don't have time off, you become terribly dull. So you need, you need to embrace life as much as embrace your flute. You know, having a few days off is not going to hurt anyone in the, in the big scheme of things. And I used to find over the Christmas period, it was easy to replan because you're not it's not the new year where you think i've got to do it now because new year's day is tomorrow and i never do i don't do new year's resolutions anyway but i used to find that over the christmas period i was more relaxed and there was no nothing pending or pressing no. so i could actually create some new goals and some new sort of 
personal milestones and then I could review them leading up to New Year's Eve. Yeah, well, I think because it's because when you have this this period of time each year, you become a little bit more mindful because you're you're hopefully surrounded by the people you love and um, people are on holiday. Those, those people are on holiday and are relaxed, and there's a lot more chat and eating, and you become a little bit more mindful of the things around you. Um, and if you feel a bit overcome by it all, then get into a nice quiet space and use a little bit of mindfulness to mm -hmm. help you calm the moment. You know, I hope that our listeners have a, a lovely festive period, however they might celebrate it, and that it's a time of quiet and peace and joy. And with the world as it is, that's all we can hope for really, is that 2023 brings sort of peace and happiness for people around the world in whatever situation they find themselves in. And that your flute playing goes from strength to strength and uh, you feel fulfilled and satisfied and successful in whatever level you're at or whatever you're striving to do. And that's really important, Claire, what you've just said there is the, the, the only measure is yourself. Yeah. There is, you're not measuring anybody else. So over this Christmas period, as Claire said, you know, we wish you a lot of peace and happiness. But more importantly, to begin the process of understanding that you should never measure yourself as a musician because every one of your performances is valid. Just like me forgetting what Bing Crosby's I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas was called. <laughs> do you have a favourite Christmas song? I, I don't think so. No. Oh, no, hang on. Yes, I do. Andy Williams, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. I always put that on, actually. Oh, I, do. I try and leave it as late as possible because the family are fed up of it, but it's a joyous song. How about Chris Rear's Driving Home for Christmas? Driving Home for Christmas is also another favourite. But, you know, I don't want to start festivities too early because, you know, here in the, in the UK, in August, end of August, <laughs> you can see Christmas cards. And the Christmas adverts start in October. And I can't bear that. I'd really like Christmas to start maybe two weeks before, where you, you find a tree two weeks before and stick it up, and then you start to to get prepared for it. Oh, I'm a pain in the butt. I would, I'm, I'm never allowed to have one, but I would love to have a Christmas tree up on the 1st of December. Oh, no. I, 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 Jane, Jane, my good lady wife, says no, as close to Christmas as possible. Me too. As close as possible. Oh, I want, I want to be able to get into that vibe, that feel. No, there's enough commercialism around it leading up to it. And I'll tell you something else I do. New Year's Eve, I take everything down. Yes, no, I would agree with that. Because New Year's Day has got to be the beginning of the new. Yes. And on that note... Yeah, on that bombshell, Claire. wish you a very happy festive season. Happy festive season to all our listeners. And I hope it's a brilliant new year for you all. Happy Christmas, everybody. And we're going to roll out to God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, a Christmas jazz suite by Bill Holcomb. Happy Christmas, everybody. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.